0: Machines of Love and Grace there, it's uh, by an artist that you may know of, it's Cav Templey uh, and if you don't know the name, you would definitely know the band Eskimo Joe who uh, he's been a frontman of for quite some time, Australian uh, rock legend and, and incredibly talented musician. I'm lucky enough to be joined right now by Cav himself. How are you? G'day, thanks for having us. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, so the track we just heard there, Machines of Love and Grace, it's part of obviously your solo work, which is um, really kicking up, um, particularly this year, though it's not a new project, um, you doing this stuff on your own. So uh, for those who might only be picking up on your solo work now, could you give us a bit of a, a history and a timeline of um, what's led you to this point?
1: Okay. So, all right, let me let me weave the yarn and tell the tale uh, so I guess Eskies probably did their last proper album release back in about two, 2013, I believe it is. Um, and we, we weren't planning on like breaking up as a band or doing any of those things, but everyone just wanted to go off and do some other projects. So what I was really looking forward to is doing some solo stuff on my own in a studio by myself, you know, playing as many of the instruments as I can get away with. And that kind of started in about 2016, um, and now fast forward to this year and I'm finally releasing my second album, which feels really good because, you know, if you start to, you know, take some little baby steps into the world of who are you as a solo musician? I mean, I love the, what I do in Eskimo Joe, but, um, but you've just, you kind of got to find your own thing. And uh, by the second album, you do feel like, you know, the, the solo artist's skin is fitting a little bit more uh, tightly. So uh, it feels good, this record.
0: Yeah, and, and the little taste that we've had of it, have definitely reflected that. Uh, we will have a new one to hit play on in just a little bit. Um, what's what's it been like for you uh, personally as a musician, kind of jumping, you know, in, into kind of you know alternative rock, legendary band in Australia, Eskimo Joe, and then jumping out, like you said, and then jumping a whole bunch of different uh, instruments and taking kind of probably a greater creative control and, and ownership over the music. How's it been, kind of bouncing between those two, or or dividing your career in that way?
1: Um, it's, you know, it's, there's, it's a pendulum swing of emotions. I think that, like, sometimes you have these great moments in the studio where everything goes really well and you feel like a genius and that surely you're going to be a millionaire by the end of the week. Um, and then other weeks it just goes terribly and you sit there looking at yourself going, This is awful. Am I actually going to put this music out? Uh, But, you know, when the dust settles, you look back on all those days and, you know, you're you're getting somewhere bit by bit. Um, I guess when you're in a band with a bunch of other people, you've got all these people who pull their weight, you know, if you're lucky. Um, In Eskimo Joe, we are definitely a sum of our parts. Everybody jumps in there and plays the drums and the piano and everything and just tries to make the best possible song every time we, we make a record. So that makes things a lot it takes the pressure off massively, but when you're doing it, but the highs are, are high when you're, when you're doing it by yourself, because, you know, for instance, I've been working on today one of the final uh, recordings I've got to finish for my, my new record. And at this point in time, just because of the nature of how it's all come together, I've literally played everything on the recording. Uh, and it just, it feels really good, but it's, it takes a really long time because every time you sit down to record something, you've got to write a part. And if you've got a whole bunch of people doing that in a room with you, it all happens a lot quicker.
0: Yeah, And, and you mentioned it there, the album that you've got coming up in the works, it's going to be your second release. Um, would you say for the, for the project itself, this is kind of the biggest push that you've given it yet uh, in terms of the, the time and space you're willing to, to dedicate to it, or you're able to, I should say?
1: Yeah, for sure. I've, I've just always felt up to this point in time that I didn't want to, um, you know, ruin any projects that might be going on for Eskimo Joe. And um, like I said, this is my second solo album. So I feel like I've got a bit more of a handle around what I'm actually doing uh, and, and who I am as a solo artist. So, you know, Eskimo Joe, we're, we're doing a big tour this year, but it's like a retrospective thing of our two albums, the Song A Song of the City and Black Fingernal's Red Wine. We're going to play them back to back. Um, uh, in all the capital cities in about September, October. Um, so, But apart from that, we're not really doing anything new. So I feel like we, in respect to Eskimo Joe, I can put a bit more energy into it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's, it's two such big things to be dividing yourself between. Um, uh, but it's also, we're talking just off air, uh, that it's not the only thing um, that you do. Uh, you're running a label, I believe, Um uh, or, or your own, you've started your own label, you've got a podcast, um, a whole bunch of other things in the works. What's it like kind of juggling the
1: lot? Uh, yeah, we don't have a label as such. We, um, I don't think it's a great time in history to start a record label. We did have one with Eskimo Joe, but no, we have a thing, myself and my wife have this thing called the Templey Collective. And really the Templey Collective is everything that we do outside of Eskimo Joe. Um, so me and my wife work on all of the solo stuff together, you know, we're kind of like a, you know, ma and pa cottage industry, you know, working away at it and it's, it's great works really well. Um, but we also do uh, songwriting workshops, So we do a lot of, um, education stuff, which I'm really passionate about, like, especially I love talking to anyone about songwriting, but. Uh, I love talking to people between 13 and 17 because I feel like they're really crucial ages of how you can learn some really good skills of, you know, how to write a, ro- a song in a room full of people you've never met before. So we do that and then I do production and writing for other people as well under the Templarly Collective umbrella. Um, and um, we also have a podcast uh, that we were doing uh, called Hat Jam um, and that was going all the way up until the pandemic happened and then we literally did the last episode with – Ben Lee in um, LA. And then I got on a plane and came home and a week later, the whole world was shut down. So, um, yeah, so we do podcast stuff and we'll be doing some more podcast stuff in the future, but we haven't been able to travel. So that's been pretty hard.
0: Yeah, indeed. It's made, made everything hard, but, um, but you will be just about to travel uh, on tour uh, as part of the the 2020 tour for your solo project. Um, where can people expect to see you and what are you expecting out of this one?
1: Um, well I'm, it starts off as a massive regional tour so I'm going on Wednesday I head over to kind of Bendigo and you know that whole Victorian area over there and then I'm going to then I head up to New South Wales and do, you know, Newcastle and all those areas around there, like Tamworth and Dubbo and all those places. Um, so it's like a 30-day regional tour that I'm starting, uh, going all over the country. And it's just going to be me with my acoustic guitar, a kick drum, and then I've edited together all of this um, crazy, like, silent horror films <laughs> that I project in the background and it ends up looking like this weird David Lynch kind of, you know, uh, visual experience. But it all helps tell the story, uh, stories behind the songs, funnily enough. And I'll be playing a bunch of stuff from All Your Devotion, which is my last record, and then a bunch of songs from the new record, uh, Machines of Love and Grace. But I'll also be um, playing a whole lot of songs from my Eskimo Joe back catalogue, um, how the songs sounded before I, you know, turn them into the big, Eskimo Joe songs, you know, and love. So when I would originally sit down with the band, I'll, I'll, I'll have an acoustic guitar and I'll just go, oh, I've got this idea for a song and, and then we'll turn it into an Eskimo Joe song. So I'm going to play people what those songs sounded like before they, you know, became the big stadium bangers that they, that hopefully everybody loves.
0: I, I know for a fact that everybody loves them. And I think it'd be such a cool experience to kind of um, witness the, the, the genesis of that music in a way, uh, I think would be a, a very, very
1: unique experience. Well, songs also go on these these journeys, you know, like for instance, uh, Foreign Land, when I was, we, I wrote that song, I started writing that song when uh, we were in New York, we are playing this big gala and um, Heath Ledger passed away and he was meant to be like this, you know, person of honour at, at the gala event. And, you know, he was this really young, talented guy from Perth, Western Australia, where we were from. And it, it turns out he died streets away from where I was walking that afternoon in New York. And you know, I wrote this song, and it was a very kind of sad, ballady sounding song. And then when we got back to Fremantle, the guys were, you know, what are we? Gonna, what's, what's the next big rock and roll song we're going to play? And I was like, how about this? Um, and I just sped it up, and it turned into, uh, you know, this big Led Zeppelin rock and roll number. But it started off as a really sad, you know, ballady kind of tune.
0: Well, there you go. That's an interesting bit of history about that track. That, um, yeah, I suppose a lot of people really wouldn't know. Um, if you have just tuned in, uh, you're speaking, well, I, Amos Snow, <laughs> am speaking with Cav Tempoli uh, about his solo work, work with Eskimo Joe and a whole lot in between. Um, now, Cav, if, if we could kind of zoom out a bit, one thing I think it's it's important to chat about when we have the opportunity to speak to someone like you um, is, is kind of your reflections on Australian music in general. Um, obviously, we're big proponents of it at home, Brood, and, and you would be too. Uh, having been in and around the industry for so long and and had such a contribution to it. Uh, Now you have this kind of benefit of being able to look back down the years and and see how things are developing and kind of maybe compare where they're at now to when you came up um, and those kind of things. Are there big takeaways for for someone with your kind of experience and wisdom uh, when you look at what we're seeing in terms of Australian music today uh, more generally to when maybe you guys started out?
1: Well, uh, I guess, you know, the biggest obvious difference is that uh, the gatekeepers were the record labels back in the day, and they had the money to help people make records. Um, Now, the streaming services, I guess, are the gatekeepers, and uh, they're not really giving anyone money to make records, but uh, it's certainly been a shifting sand between those two moments in time, and what's really encouraging is, you know, it hasn't stopped any great music being made in Australia, but... Um, the next generation of musicians coming up, uh, seem to, we seem to be moving out of this shifting sand era into this era where the bands are a lot more savvy on how to, um, you know, work this new way that we interact with our fans. Um, and it's a really tricky one because, um, you know, fan interaction is not something that band on fan should really do in that way. It's, it actually doesn't work. Very well. You need a middleman. You need your record companies and your publishing companies to kind of go, "Hey, these guys are great," um, and people like yourself, you know, to play music and be like, "I love this band. I love this record." Um, so that's a really important part of it. And I guess we're just moving into how that new relationship works. Now we have this people. Uh, let's not call them fans. Let's call them music lovers. You know, the people who who love music. How they interact with music now um, is very direct and. Um, what's really interesting is, yeah, this new generation seemed to be a lot more native. Um, I'm putting out this record. I'm, I'm having to do a whole lot of things I've never done before. And, and things are always changing. The way that we release records and how we promote ourselves is always changing. But I feel like we've come to uh, a, n- a new phase where the, the sand has stopped shifting and um, people are starting to get their head around it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely been, you know, like a, a transformative period, I suppose, that, that you've definitely taken um, a, a big role in. When you were producing this album set for release, Machines of Love and Grace, um, when you compared maybe to, to, to how you would have approached album um, releases and, and production in the past in terms of, so for example, a lot of the things that we see um, is how... how a body of work as an album is kind of changing because people are kind of drip-feeding singles, for example, and they'll drip-feed 10 singles and then release the album or um, the conceptual framework for a piece of music might change um, for over a collection of songs to one because of how easy it is to get it into the ears of someone um, immediately now. When you're producing this, this new album, Machines of Love and Grace, uh, ha- have you had those considerations in mind, um, whereas maybe in the past you would have approached it differently?
1: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, the one big difference is uh, I released the first song, Machines of Love and Grace, before I even halfway finished the record and I even set the release date. So, uh, you know, it really gave me a good chance to see how people were receiving the music. You know, if the song came out and no one connected with it, I I guess I would have had to gone back to the drawing board and been like, okay, (laughs) maybe I'll try a different approach. Uh, But my my big belief in um, however you do it, is that the fundamentals always apply. You've got to sit down and you've got to try and make the best possible song you can make. And sometimes that song needs to be a single and sometimes that song needs to be, you know, the song that you can imagine in the closing uh, credits of, of, a, of a really amazing movie. And the the songs that have what we call sinks, right? Syncing is... A big part of how bands make money, you know, is whether you get your song on an ad or a movie or a TV show, or if it's just playing in the background in the diner at home and away. You know, these things are really crucial ways about how musicians make music. And sometimes making a single is not that song that needs to be in that scene. So uh, I really think the fundamentals are still apply you should be making a body of work that reads like a book it should have a beginning middle and end It should keep the listeners interest the whole entire way through there should be some you know storyline that goes through there and whether the storyline is about the artist, you know like i can there's some artists i just want to listen to everything they do because i i love them as a story but i think you know if you're not that person you can put that into your music and that can keep people interested too
0: Indeed, indeed. Um, and um, just quickly, we are going to hit play on your new one, Graduation Day, in just a minute. Um, based on what you've just said there, could you give us a bit of a rundown on what this track's about um, and, and maybe how it might fit into um, the the record when it is released?
1: Well, the whole album uh, ended up becoming like this documenting of the last two and a half years, which was, I don't know if you noticed, a global pandemic going on. Uh, and you, I couldn't help but write down my version of that experience so all the songs from machines of love and grace which is the title track that came out uh which is was about our intimate addiction to technology um and to graduation day which is really about you know me being back in Fremantle where i live which is really a very small town um and you know seeing a whole lot of people doing the same old thing that they always did and the song itself graduation day is about the Fremantle traffic bridge and how you know on graduation day we all used to like in high school when you graduated you would go down to the Frio traffic bridge and jump off into the river and be like woohoo it was this rite of passage um so i was just remembering all of these things and uh and so this particular song is is this nostalgic look at my hometown but also remembering because being stuck in for, for two and a half years, I was like, yikes, I really got to get out of this place. You know, you, you feel a little bit claustrophobic and, and I had to get out of, you know, Frio to sell my wares and to tell everyone around the world, this is what I do. And Katie who, who guests on the song, uh, had to do a similar thing. And so we both kind of tell our story in the, in, in the song, she went to New York and it was all very depressing and came back again and, and found happiness and, you know, uh, but, Yeah, we put it, we framed it in this kind of love story between these two people of someone who left and someone who stayed behind. Um, and how it fits into the record is yeah, it's, it's just another part of the documenting of what I went through in the last two and a half years.
0: Well, there we go. I mean, You can take that information um, and have it front of mind when you listen to this next one. Um, Cav Templey, thank you so much for coming on to Homebrew and having a chat. It's been a real treat. We can't wait to catch you on this regional tour um, and, and see what else the rest of this record has in store for us.
1: Thank you so much for chatting to us. I really appreciate it.
0: Cheers. This one is graduation day. You're on Homebrew.